Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024, and this is your host, of course, Mike Abadir. Hope everyone is having a good Super Bowl week so far. I don't know if you're hyped up about this game or not. I'm kind of getting mixed reviews. Obviously, if you're a Niner fan or a Chiefs fan, this is an epic week. A lot of build-up excitement leading up to Sunday. If you're not, there's some storylines that have gotten old really fast. You know, now it's just kind of like, okay, how much of a goat is Mahomes going to be? Which is kind of funny, by the way, because goat means the greatest. The word greatest means one, right? Singularly, the one that is the greatest. It doesn't say it doesn't mean one of the greatest amongst the greatest. It means the greatest. So it's just kind of funny how the word who are your goats? You know, who, you know, who's your goat? And you're like, well, I think it's between, you know, I got five goats. No, it's not five goats. It's one. It's either Brady or Mahomes or Montana, Marino, uh, you know, Bradshaw, whoever you want to put in there. But it's supposed to only be one. But nonetheless, I think this weekend will definitely work to uh, kind of solidify that status for Pat Mahomes. I think either way, but especially if he has a good game and especially if he wins and has a good game, um, I think it's it's going to just add to his legacy more than define it, but it could elevate him into a different stratosphere. I think nobody denies that aspect of things. Um, but we also aren't short of any ridiculous storylines which which kind of tells me that this Super Bowl week is a little bit short on pizzazz or excitement for whatever reason I don't know why you know the Niners aren't necessarily like a super exciting team uh, which they should be because they've got like a really good defense and you know uh, an amazing running back you know good receivers and a quarterback that's that's been playing well but I don't know. I don't think they have a lot of personalities. You know, there's not a lot of people that you could point to and say, oh, I love that guy, or he's so exciting, or he's a must-see. You know, they're kind of bored. Like, McCaffrey, to me, is kind of Mike Troutish. He's not super exciting for whatever the reason. I don't know what the reason is. But it's just kind of really good and real vanilla. And uh, I think the Niners, in large part, are kind of like that. And I think on the other side, the Chiefs, um, unfortunately, nothing that they could have prevented, but they have a lot of haters coming their way. Uh, it has nothing to do with any specific player on the gridiron. But it does have to do with a specific player and who he's dating. All right, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Because I've been hearing some ridiculous conspiracy theories. I mean, that's another word, by the way, that I don't like conspiracy theory. That it's such it doesn't even make sense, right? But anyways, we'll use it because everybody knows what it means. 
Um, you know, I said I'd get into that. You know, let's just get into it now. Huge pet peeve of mine is illog- illogical stuff that gets spread. The amount of illogical stuff that gets spread on social media drives me bonkers. This one might top it all off. This one is kind of at the top of the all-time list of stupidity and ridiculousness. So it's real simple. The conspiracy theory states that the Super Bowl was fixed to have the Chiefs in it. Now, mind you, forget about the fact that they've been in the Super Bowl you know, they're kind of like we're doing what the Patriots of five years ago and beyond were doing, which is get the Super Bowl every year. But also, they were the team that had a multi-time Super Bowl winning quarterback and head coach Right, whereas the Ravens had none of none of that. Uh, well, Harbaugh won, but uh, they don't have that multi-ring wearing quarterback in Lamar. In fact, you have a quarterback who pretty much gets bounced out every year, unfortunately, and might not be his fault. But that's for a separate discussion on another day. But all the factors show that it makes perfect sense that the Chiefs are there. Right? There's we really don't need to fix a Super Bowl to get a team who always gets to the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. But yet, there are a, there's a faction of people, and it's a pretty large percentage, believe it or not, that believe that it was fixed. Now, why would something ordinarily be fixed? Typically speaking, it's for money, right? You, you set up an outcome in advance, and you make sure that the outcomes comes to fruition because it is going to bring about some type of not just tangible benefit, but such a dramatic benefit that it's worth it to mess with the integrity of the game. So those are the things that have to be present behind the scenes in order for a fix to go down. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the tangible benefit that can be manifested via the fix. Okay. So getting the Chiefs there allegedly brings the league more money. The key, the operative word is more because they're going to make money. So let's talk about how they are going to make their money and where are the channels for them to make more money. Okay. That's it's a pretty simple analysis for me as an insider. So let me give it to you. The NFL, the NFL's greatest revenue source is their television deal. Right, you got this bundle of rights that includes the license 
to be able to broadcast a game live and to use the highlights and the video thereafter. Okay. So this, the, the reason I call it the bundle of rights is because the greatest right holder is the one that has the biggest bundle. The biggest bundle is the one that has the least restrictions. Whoa. So the one with the greatest rights is going to be the, the one that has the rights to broadcast the game, the big game, the Super Bowl, live. Okay? So the one that can broadcast the Super Bowl live. So that's going to be CBS this year. And then you have uh, a bunch of others who have – and CBS was able to broadcast games this year too, regular season. The one that has – the next greatest amount of rights is going to be the team that can show every game but the Super Bowl. At least until you get into the playoffs. The next bundle. The next bundle involves a team. So you, you with me so far? So the one that's got the greatest rights is the one that can do can have rights during the regular season, during the playoffs, and broadcast the Super Bowl. The next bundle, it's a tad smaller, it's regular season and some playoff games. Then the next bundle is just some regular season. And then the next bundle is just highlights. Okay, those are the right holders in short. So the total package for the NFL selling off these rights and these licenses to replay and all this stuff, it's the same stuff you hear at the end of the game, right? Um, you know, you got to get permission, you know, uh, you know, any re-recording re transmission, blah, 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 is strictly prohibited by the National Football League, right? That's what that's all about. So now you got all these rights. It's not strictly prohibited. You're fully entitled to do so. Now, cumulatively, we did the deal with ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And the total package amount for all of those rights comes out to $8 billion, with a B, dollars. $8 billion sounds like a, uh, a, like a war package that you're sending between the Ukraine and, uh, and Israel or something. I mean, it's a huge number, right? It's a number that requires congressional approval. Right, it's that kind of number. It's massive. The NFL is going to be getting eight billion dollars, eight billion with a B. This year, next year, the year after, all the way until twenty twenty three. Excuse me, twenty thirty three. Pardon me. So, eight billion twenty twenty four, eight billion twenty twenty five, eight billion twenty twenty six, eight billion twenty twenty seven, eight billion twenty twenty eight all the way through 2033, which is when the deal expires, which is when the league and the networks will get back to the drawing board and say, okay, how much has it gone up? How much are you guys making? Let's lay it all on the table so we can negotiate the next one. And the next one will probably go up to 12 or 13 billion a year. Something like that, right? So, that is what the TV thing's all about. Now, bringing it back to this weekend. Super Bowl is part of that package. So, let's just say there are there is a Taylor Swift 
there and they get to do the cutaways. Does that allow them to open the contract back up and say, hey, we didn't anticipate Taylor Swift to be a part of the storyline. We need to up the amount of money that we're going to be given from $8 billion to $8.5 billion. No, of course not. Now, what if there's 100 Taylor Swifts? What if it's Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian is dating somebody and Jessica Simpson is dating somebody and Britney Spears is dating somebody and Beyonce is dating somebody and Megan Thee Stallion is dating somebody and Nicki Minaj is dating somebody? We ought to get more money, right? NFL. Hello? We got to get more money, right? Nope. It's $8 billion. It's already negotiated. $8 billion is all-encompassing number factors in every single dollar that comes in from this deal. No more money could come in from it. No less money can come in from it. It protects you all the way around. Let's just say there is absolute terrible uh, depression going on, right? There's a recession. Economy's in the tank. Sponsors aren't willing to pony up the money for commercials on television. You know? Networks come back and be like, yeah, we didn't expect that there's going to be a recession. We need to drop that from $8 billion to five. Nope. It's $8 billion. So the $8 billion is in either direction. It's a number that bakes in all these possibilities. Right? It's almost kind of like uh, how insurance companies have those actuaries where they do... Uh, you know, calculations to bake in all the possibilities. So $8 billion encompasses any possibility up or down, right? That number ain't changing, folks. Now, another revenue channel for the league, which is not as big, but it's nice, are the gate receipts, tickets for games. Well, the Super Bowl has been sold out for God knows how long. It's always sold out. I don't think there's ever been a half-full stadium in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's always sold out. There are never face-value tickets that can be found, ever. If you can find me a face-value ticket, I'll buy a 1,000. There aren't, there aren't any available. They're all sold. Anything that you find out there is uh, in the resale market, in the secondary market. Somebody buys a ticket for two thousand. They're selling it for ten thousand. That's what tells you that a game is sold out. That there are no more regular seats that are available. The NFL has made all their money from the seats. Hundred percent sellout. So they can't sell any more tickets than a sellout. Like that's they've hit the max. Can't make up seats and additional revenue from that. So we've now established in, in great detail that there's no more money to be made from television opportunities or ticket opportunities. So what do we have left? There's two areas that we have left. We have social media clicks. You know, they probably get an up. I'm, I'm going to assume, I haven't looked at the data. I'm going to assume that there's an uptick in social media clicks involving the Kansas City Chiefs and 
in particular, Travis Kelsey because of Taylor Swift. And the other area might be merchandising. You know, maybe there's a few gals now that are sporting the Travis Kelsey jersey in support of Taylor Swift. They want to go to the concert, they buy some Travis Kelsey jerseys. Right? So let me get this straight. The fix is on. So we can get some more tweets and sell a few more Kelsey jerseys. We're going to risk the integrity of the entire National Football League. Sell a few jerseys. Yay! Get some retweets. Get some likes. If you think that that's a possibility, then you and I are on such different pages in in our worldview that we probably shouldn't even be in the same room. <laughs> that's how you see the world, that, uh, that an organization will fix something to get some likes. You're on crack. Your, your world is very limited and shallow if that's what you think is going on. Or to sell a few more jerseys. No. And by the way, I've walked through conspiracy theory number one. Now we're going to take a commercial break in a moment here. And then we'll go over uh, the second of the conspiracy theories, which is equally as, as laughable, right? So at least we've been able to conclusively prove that there's no tangible benefit to the National Football League from the first conspiracy. I guess if you really, really play devil's advocate, maybe you could come back and be like, well, the Chiefs could sell out next year's season's tickets because of this. All right, really? So for eight home games... They're going to fix it. Eight home games that are probably sold out anyways. You know, world champs or or, or Super Bowl runner-ups. Arrowhead, as far as I know, has been sold out for a long time. I don't think that those tickets are hurting and need any assistance from Taylor Swift. So, I mean, I'll, the concession I'll give you is there might be a couple of side little benefits here and there. You know, it doesn't hurt. I can agree with you there. It doesn't hurt. But let's take a commercial timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk about the second Looney Tunes conspiracy theory about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. And then we'll get to the actual game. Stay with us, everyone. We will be back right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. All things Taylor Swift. All you Swifties out there, welcome on board to the Mike Abadir Show. This is what it's all about, is Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I Honestly, this is the honest to goodness truth. You can believe it or not believe it. I can't name a single Taylor Swift song. Like I've, I've never sat down, heard a song and be like, Oh, Taylor Swift. Oh, I like this beat. Oh, I, I like this song. Never done that in my life. Cause I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. Now, maybe in the background, there's a song playing and we're out somewhere and somebody says, have you heard the song? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, Oh, well, that's Taylor Swift. I, I would be like, Oh, I had no idea. I mean, that's a possibility that I've heard Taylor Swift songs, but I've never knowingly heard a Taylor Swift song. So uh, I don't love her. I don't hate her. I kind of don't know anything about her. I probably learned more about her through her dating Travis Kelsey than I'd known my previous, you know, life since Taylor Swift has been in the mainstream. Maybe she's a great entertainer. I don't know. Kind of not my type of music. I'm not really into like pop music. Never was. Maybe the closest thing was when I was a kid. I used to really like Michael Jackson a lot. But then it soured on me when he kind of like went from being black to being an alien. Uh, my, my fanhood kind of started going down and then of course like everybody else there was a resurgence after the dude died so anyways won't spend too much time on mj uh remarkable remarkably talented musical and business family by the way a lot of the business side gets kind of overlooked but i mean pretty crazy when you think about owning the entire beatles catalog of music 
you know, some of the most played music in the history of mankind and probably the single most known group, the Beatles of all time. So they were savvy enough to negotiate that deal. And Michael Jackson was the owner of that. Uh, I, I have not looked at who is the current owner. I don't know if it's his children or his dad, Papa Joe, or his brothers or sisters. You know, but for one to become a superstar is amazing. For, for the kids to be a superstar is amazing. For an individual kid later on, amazing. For a daughter, amazing. For another daughter, amazing, right? For another son, amazing. They, they did all of that. So anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on the Jackson 5, 6, or 7. Uh, back to Taylor Swift. Um, conspiracy theories. So by the way, before I get into conspiracy theory number two, let me say this. I am not at all, I'm not here to call the Kardashians a bunch of slutty women. I didn't say that. I didn't say that they're a bunch of whores. So I'll stick to facts. The Kardashian ladies have spread their legs for half of the NBA. <laughs> Let's let's be honest about it, right? Now, a lot of when they did so was at their peak of popularity, at their height of fame, when that TV show dominated, whatever that show is called, the Kardashians or Meet the Kardashians, or I don't even know what it's called. The Kardashian show was at the pinnacle of social entertainment pop consciousness how many nba titles did their boyfriends win let's take lamar he actually won before he met a kardashian Most of the guys that they were with, their careers got destroyed after being with the Kardashian. But none of them won an NBA title. NBA didn't fix a single one of those to get to the NBA title. Not one. How about back in the NFL, when Jessica Simpson was the biggest thing, when she was the equivalent of today's Taylor Swift, her and Brittany kind of ruled the world. The quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest team. So arguably the biggest position on the biggest team with the biggest fan base, the most popular team in the NFL had their quarterback dating Jessica Simpson. Did the NFL fix it for them to get to the Super Bowl? Would have been perfect, right? You get the Cowboys in there, it's huge. You get the Cowboys with a nice-looking quarterback, even bigger. And then you have the 
Taylor Swift or the Jessica Simpson effect, even bigger. It would be perfect, right? They didn't do it. In fact, they flamed out miserably in the playoffs. I haven't even won anything since then, either, to boot. So, actually, I can name one more example, which is after the Oakland A's won the World Series years ago, Jose Canseco, who was the MVP. He was the biggest draw in the game at that time. This is before, you know, uh, Griffey, Griffey Jr.'s uh, emergence or A-Rod or Barry Bonds was Jose Canseco. He was dating arguably the biggest entertainer at that time, Madonna. Well, I didn't see the fix for them to win the World Series happen. In fact, um, they got to a couple World Series and lost. So maybe it was a half fix. I don't know, but probably not since Lays had already been to the World Series and won it before. So they really didn't need MLB's help. Sound familiar? All right. Let's get to conspiracy theory number two. So, again, admittedly, I don't know a lot about Taylor Swift. But supposedly, she is a uh, liberal... Democrat that supports Joe Biden. Not really a surprise. I think probably a majority of entertainers and artists and Hollywood likes are more liberal, more leftist, more supportive of the Democrats and Democrat causes and Joe Biden, etc. Not not a huge surprise. So conspiracy theory number two is that supposedly because this is an election year, because they so desperately don't want Donald Trump and that they are worried because the number of Hispanics that are supporting Trump is getting bigger and bigger. And the number of blacks who outwardly now support Donald Trump is bigger and bigger. And now you have even prominent black entertainers in the pop industry or rap industry, or even at the very top, the God, the dog father himself, Snoop Dogg, supporting Donald Trump. We must put an end to this right away and have a Biden supporter because this is an election year and we're going to have her put everybody over the top. Okay, let's just say there was no Super Bowl. If Swifties are that impressionable, let's assume they are. And she's promoting Biden and the Dems. Wouldn't it stand to reason that they'd be voting for Biden and the Dems? Anyways? In other words, whether there is a Super Bowl or isn't a Super Bowl, I don't see where they gain more votes from whatever the Taylor Swift effect is just because they're in the Super Bowl. Just because her boyfriend's playing in the Super Bowl. I don't think you're going to get a lot of 
Well, to be honest with you, I wasn't going to vote. But now that Travis is in the Super Bowl, I'm going to get off my ass in November and go vote for Joe Biden. I'm all of a sudden patriotic because Kelsey's in the Super Bowl. It's almost so ridiculous that it's almost not even worth talking about. But here's really the kicker, logic aside. The truth of the matter is this. Typically speaking, what do ultra-wealthy ultra, ultra individuals and corporations, what do they most concern themselves with, typically speaking? It's low taxation. Low taxation. Which makes perfect sense, right? If I'm making a billion dollars, I don't want to give half a billion away to the government. Why would I? People talk about, oh, they need to pay their fair share. Fair share? Whatever percentage is in the law, I follow. If you don't like the law, change it. I am paying my fair share. Just because there are tax write-offs that were put in there for a reason, namely, with the money saved, I hire more people which is good for the local economy, which is good for overall the nation when I have Walmarts in every single city around the country and then some. A lot of the write-offs are just a transfer of responsibility, if you think about it. So the government says we've got a responsibility to make sure that there are jobs available for everybody. But they're not in the business world. Technically, we could pass off that duty, that responsibility to others if we play our cards right. How about if we tell big corporations, if you hire more, you're going to get this kind of tax break. That way they can reduce their tax rate and bring it down. And in essence, rather than giving us, you know, a half a billion, they give us a quarter billion and the other quarter goes to hiring people. It's a win-win for everybody, right? So the thing to interest them the most is how do we give out less? That's all they care about. That's all the shareholders care about. It's always about the almighty dollar, right? So you have these NFL owners who are invested in various companies who are probably buddy-buddy with Trump from beforehand. But even if they weren't, the conclusion is that the vast majority of them vote Republican because the Republicans are the ones that do go out of their way to reduce taxes for the wealthy and for the corporations, not because they're so nice of people or so friendly to them, but really it's because philosophically there is a belief in conservatism that there is what they call a trickle-down effect, namely that the wealthy are the ones that can really, really help the economy more than anybody else. Because you have these big mega companies that could provide 
local buyers, consumers, and users with the lowest price on a product, right? Which is why we go to Walmart. You know, you get a 12-pack of Coke for cheaper than the local liquor store, grocery store, anywhere else. And the corporation could do that because they have bigger buying power. So they could go to Coca-Cola distributors, uh, pre-distribution and say, hey, we'll buy a trillion cases off of you at this price. And Coca-Cola says, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And then they're able to pass off savings to us. So we benefit from these mega corporations having a presence in our town. And we get to spend less by having them in our town. But we also have more people employed. You know, every Walmart supports hundreds of employees locally. And I'm just using Walmart as an example. I'm not like a big Walmart lover or anything. I'm just looking at this objectively and from a neutral perspective. And so they also not just affect the direct employees, but also the truck drivers that are bringing in the product, which helps the farmer that's growing the lettuce and the vegetables and the fruits, which helps the manufacturers of tractors, which helps the uh, those who manufacture like uh, fertilizer and, and agricultural type stuff, which even ironically, by the way, helps out the uh, illegal immigrants who come here to do work for cash uh, from the farmers. Uh, so it's a, it's a massive, massive ripple effect. And so, um, yeah, uh, the, the wealthy NFL owners typically vote Republican, typically uh, align with conservative spending principles, right? The opposite of that is take more of your money and we'll figure out how to spend it, we being the government. And the Republicans, conservatives, are all about small government. The less you guys are involved, the better. Which, by the way, I admittedly fully support. I hate the government. I hate them taking money. And I never know what they're spending it on. I don't trust those mofos one bit. To me, it seems like a bunch of wasted money on a bunch of bureaucracy. It never comes back to benefit us. I would definitely rather incentivize other people to do what they can with it. Because they're incentivized to do so. They have that carrot dangling, which is spend your money this way and you get to spend less taxes. It's the most perfectly baked-in system I could ever come up with. And I think if more people understood it in the way that I described it, I think you'd have more people supportive of their principles. So they're kind of shitty at explaining it overall. Uh, but even when they do, there's still a lot of people that don't agree, and that's fine. That's the whole point of being an American. So you have that freedom of choice, freedom of decision-making, freedom of will to decide who you feel in your heart is more representative to your ideals. It's great. Perfect. Welcome to America. And these owners, love them or hate them, they are all in support of conservative principles. You can look at their voting records. You're in, you're out, because they're the ones that most closely align themselves with helping the wealthy keep their money in their pocket, okay? So 
why the hell would they fix it to make sure that Biden gets into the office? One person listening out there can come tell me why they would install Joe Biden as president of the United States, why the owners would fix it to possibly get this outcome is beyond me. It's beyond me. There is zero rationale for it whatsoever. If anybody out there can challenge me on it, I'd be happy to hear another perspective. I'll talk about it next week, talk about how I was wrong, talk about eating pro. I would do it. But other than that, I've spent way too much time setting up the whole background, the backdrop of how it's basically a non-theory whatsoever to show you guys that this Super Bowl is really independent of the fix. Believe it, don't believe it, that's up to you. That's my take on it. We're late for a break. We'll take one, we'll come back. Super Bowl predictions right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final few minutes of the Mike Cavadier show. Now, it's pointed out to me at the break that there's one area that I haven't really got into yet, which is how about the referees fixing the game, whether it's for their benefit or somebody else's benefit. Obviously, for them, they make about a buck twenty a year, you know. So, how much can they stomach? You know, they handle betting, um, you know, five ten k at the most. You know, you know, is that worth? 
tarnishing their careers as referees, you know, to make an additional 5,000 bucks or something. I, I probably don't think so. So I don't need to spend a lot of time on that. The more likely possibility referee wise is maybe like a super, super wealthy mafioso type um, or just a big better or like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, somebody who just bets astronomical amounts of money on it. Who says ref, you know, I'll give you, you know, a hundred grand if you do your part a million dollars if you do your part whatever the number is the thing is one referee doesn't really have that much control over a game unless the circumstances allow him to you know in other words if the 49ers are winning 35 to 3 it doesn't matter what calls he makes he's not going to be able to sway it towards the chiefs you know the only way that a call really can even have an impact is if there happens to be a call that you could make, you could justify making in a very, very, very close game. But even that doesn't guarantee that the opponent wins. So I'm just, I'm just not really seeing it. You know, you'd have to have a network of referees that are all in on it. And even that, there's only so much that they can control because they really can't, you know, uh, do anything about the quality of, of play and who's winning and all that kind of stuff so anyways enough about that but let me tell you something oh about 80 percent 90 percent almost already of this show has been discussing anything and everything but the game itself i've never done that before i think that kind of shows you how much outside of Taylor Swift, the Super Bowl is lacking compelling storylines. Kind of is, you know? I mean, the only storylines really are Brock Purdy being a last round draft pick, McCaffrey being really good, Andy Reid adding to his legacy, Pat Mahomes adding to his legacy, you know, Pat Mahomes' father got a DUI. I wish him the best with his legal situation and uh, to work on his alcohol consumption. Not a lot of storylines. Tell me something I don't know. I mean, everybody already knows all those things. Not anything to keep me glued to the three-hour pregame show. That's for sure. Not really a super compelling anything outside of the game itself. I think the game should be a really good game. I'm excited to watch the game. But there's just not a lot of storylines going into it. And so they were kind of handed the gift with the whole Taylor Swift thing because they could talk about that on and on and on. And you're going to have a lot of people that don't give a shit about that whatsoever. And then you're going to have the Swifties who love every second of it and are cherishing every drop of a telecast that involves Taylor Swift. And then you're going to have the percentage of people who hate her guts and who hate that it's involving their precious football time on this nonsense. That's it. I've given you guys the the Super Bowl storylines all in 45, 50 minutes 
so you don't have to endure hours and hours of nonsense on social media or on Sunday pregame. So thank you very much. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, okay, the game itself. I think we know the Niners by now and know the Chiefs by now. Niners, hot start, crappy middle of the season, sort of came on at the end, lackluster postseason performances, albeit in wins. Chiefs, mediocre or decent start, mediocre middle of the season, came on towards the end and have been ridiculously good in the playoffs. And I see that continuing. I see the Chiefs continuing to do the same thing in the playoffs, which is great defense first and foremost. And Mahomes not making mistakes. And Mahomes making his weapons look better than they actually are. And then the Taylor Swift effect comes into play and he Kelsey scores 100 touchdowns to make Taylor Swift happy so they could keep going to the the this luxury suite that Taylor Swift is occupying after doing a show in Japan and telling the pilot to step on it so they can fly to Las Vegas in time for Kelsey's touchdowns and the Chiefs win the game. No, all joking aside, I, I think that the Chiefs right now are playing better team football. I think they're more consistent. I think their offense can do more than the 49ers offense. And I think their defense is maybe not as good personnel, player for player-wise, but I think schematically their defense is better than the 49ers defense. And I'm not blaming the 49ers defensive coordinator or Shanahan or anything like that. I'm just saying the Chiefs know how to use their personnel so well. And I see this game going to the Kansas City Chiefs. My final score, Kansas City 28, San Francisco 17. Kansas City Super Bowl champions. Kansas City making Swifties happy. So I like, if you're looking at the point spread, I think they got the wrong team favorite. I think Kansas City not just covers, but I think they win. To me, it's a slam dunk money line. And I kind of like it to be in a relatively low-scoring game, relatively meaning relative to the over-under. I think we're going to have – all you need for an under is a stagnant quarter of scoring. You know, one of those quarters that – you know, when you look at a box score and you see the first quarter was 10-7 to 7 or a 17. Then the second quarter is 3-0. Now we're at 20. You got the stagnant quarter, right? And then you have another quarter of 14, another quarter was 13, and boom, you end up on 20, uh, 47, right? So all you need is one stagnant quarter. Now I'm going to double check the over-under here because I saw it early on. I didn't even look at it today, just so I can make sure it is what I'm thinking it is. Uh, it's 47 and a half. So... In my example, you'd be kind of sweating it a little bit, but 
it would be under. It would be under. So I'm liking Kansas City and the under. Now, obviously, look, with over-unders, it could go the other way with a field goal, with a fumble, with who knows what. Maybe they sit on it and don't score because the other team has timeouts. Maybe they don't sit on it and they kick a field goal because the other team does have timeouts. I can't predict any of that. You know, but but uh, if I had to lean on something, I would lean on the under. I don't think it's going to be a shootout with those defenses. And I kind of walked through the quarter quarter my quarter analysis. You may have a quarter that's six three and another one that's three to seven, right? And then you'd be at nineteen at halftime. You know, and even if they pick up the pace and score twenty four points in the second half, you're still way under. So who knows? I am not. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on to make that prediction. But I do think that it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I think it's going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see Brock Purdy getting a Super Bowl ring over Patrick Mahomes. Just don't see it. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been perfect in the Super Bowl, but pretty darn close. The guy just doesn't make mistakes, especially in the postseason. Andy Reid, you give him two weeks to prepare for anything. I think he comes out on top, guys. Kansas City, 28. San Francisco Francisco 17. The one bit that I used to make every single year was the over on sacks and the over on interceptions. That's kind of changed in the last 10 or so years because quarterbacks, because they go for higher percentage passes, they don't make as many mistakes. You know, before you used to see the losing team quarterback have three or four interceptions. And you really don't see that anymore. Uh, the, you know, the best bet for uh, over on interceptions would be like Hail Marys at the end of the game and halftime and cheap interceptions. But anyways, that's all that I've got for this week's show, folks. We are at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody that's involved with Voice America, my man Jordan, and most importantly, the listener. Without you, there is no show. So thank you. We will see you same time. Same place next week. Good luck, Swifties. Good luck, Kansas City. Good luck, 49ers fans, too. Enjoy your sports weekend and your Super Bowl, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.